What's up, everybody? Austin here with Off the Cuff, coming to you today with another episode featuring uh, a friend of mine who I've worked with for a couple years now, and her name is Jaina Martin. And we both have a background in multimedia. Uh, she actually has produced, um, actually has a, quite a range when it comes to her background. She's performing, has majored and specialized and has experience in performing arts including opera and acting and she's taught at the k-12 level as well as well as the collegiate level um so she's and she's actually i found out this in the podcast that she's actually worked with chris rock directly on a project actually a film that was released in theaters which i didn't even know that about her and um i actually looked up the trailer and it's a it's a really cool um project that they did there and i'll let her tell you about that in the in the episode but um, you know, it was, you know, Jaina is one of the, uh, one of the folks that, you know, we all have those people in our lives we work with very regularly, but rarely do you have, you have a chance to sit down and talk with and just, you know, learn a little bit more about each other on a deeper level because you're so, you know, oftentimes when we're working with people, we get so focused and get so deadline oriented that we don't have a chance to sit down and really talk and that's kind of what i wanted to do with this podcast and Jaina is uh, somebody i really i've been wanting to sit down and talk to and learn more about for quite a while and what better way i thought you know to do that than on a podcast so here we go um without further ado Jaina martin Well, Gina, so thank you for coming on the show today. Where, where, um, where would you say? Let's set, let's set the scene early. Where okay. are we at today? We are in the main auditorium of uh, Faith Community Fellowship. Yep. Walking around here. We're, yep, so we're, we're literally walking down the steps. We are. Now, she said, what room, what quiet room do you want to sit in for the recording of the podcast? And I said, I don't want to sit down. I want to walk around because in true off-the-cuff fashion, we're just keeping it, keeping it casual, keeping it keeping it light and we're just walking around we got people walking around us they're setting up for a youth event tonight and i'm actually filming it and that's which is why i'm in town appreciate the exercise i can use it so yeah <laughs> we're I, love, I love it i just you know we can i don't who wants to be cooped up in a studio we can good be point. walking around you good know? point beautiful you know stadium uh, stu- uh, uh auditorium right. setting around <laughs> us and very inspiring for me at least so so oh, I, I guess first let's ask the question answer the question and so jana who is jana Oh, wow. That, that is open-ended. There you um, go. Let's, let's keep it. Um, you know, media lover, wife, mom, Christian, yeah. um, daughter, sister. All this the is things. a lot of different things. Friend, you multifaceted. know. Multifaceted. Yeah, you Human know. being multifaceted. Yes. Yeah, yes. Of course. So, well, all of these reasons are reasons I wanted to have you on the show, which there's a lot of people in my life. I mean, most people in my life I want to bring on the show at some point. Yeah. You know, because everybody's story is powerful everyone has a story worth sharing people have family they have friends they have education background work background life background yeah. you know i mean Very early true. memories with grandparents where you you oh, know gosh, like yeah everybody has this and it's like it's just i've always seen this i see this kind of when i started this podcast is i see everybody every person is just this sort of just treasure treasure trove of just stories hmm. everyone and that's, that's you know that's kind of the motto or the whole purpose behind this show so i definitely want to talk about and I realized and actually mentioned this before we started recording that, you know, we've worked together for quite a while. Now, you're yeah. a contractor mm-hmm. and yes. I'm a contractor in the multimedia world. And we've worked together and for a couple of years now, probably or so, maybe three years, pushing three years, yeah. I guess. And I realized like we I know something I know some things about I have a general idea of your background, but I don't have like a we haven't really sat down long. We, we're so we're always focused, working. We're, we're working. We're so focused on hitting <laughs> the schedule <laughs> that we never just sit down and talk about, hey, where you know, what's your background at a more granular level. So that's kind of what I wanted to bring you on today to talk about that. I know we have a you know, we both have a background in multimedia, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, so just tell me a little bit about kind of how you got into well, I guess. Tell me on a professional level where are you today mm-hmm. like not necessarily specifically but more broadly like um, kind of where you are now what you're doing and then where you kind of where you started in the okay. multimedia space because that's how we connected sure that's true we connected here at faith community fellowship so currently right now in faith this has been great the church i work as the media director here mm-hmm. so we do a lot as you know austin um we do from news stories to testimonies um 
uh, human interest, uh, community development. You know, we do a whole lot at the church, which I love about faith is that it's so multifaceted. It's not just recording the sermons, which we do that too. Mm -hmm. I do direct live stream every Sunday, but I just love that there's so much with that. Like I work with graphics, I work with websites here, um, in addition to working with media, working yeah. with you, writing scripts and things like that, filming commercials that we get to see on TV. Yep. Um, so there's just a lot that we do within a church environment that you wouldn't really think. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, and FCF is very unique in that regard. Like yes. I, I mean, FCF, their culture is video. I yeah. mean, video is yes. the language of FCF and that's kind of how I initially came on staff back in the day and how I met Pastor Steve and all the people out yeah. here and just have basically made a family. Right. Like this, this is my right. family. This is so one different. very, bold, very polished, or established arm of my family. I you know, I just love everyone out here. Um, I'm so glad we do that too. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, that it's not just, let's record the sermons on Sunday, that, you know, that yeah. we do so many other things. Yes, I mean, you know, we, we, the, you know, you guys put stuff on, you know, there's like on, I literally broadcast. I mean, there's broadcast yeah. aspects of it. Every week that comes yeah. on, on broadcast. On that, and then your social media, you know, you all the events that, that happen, that, you know, getting coverage of mm -hmm. that, putting highlight videos together. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of people ask me like, what do you, you know, what, because I tell them one of my, um, I guess you'd say largest pieces of, of my business is churches. You know, I work okay. with not just FCF, but there's a couple other churches I, I work for and have worked <laughs> for, uh, with in the past for uh, doing contract work. And it's like, when you sit back and think about it, people don't really think about, oh yeah, you have events, you have, you know, a website that has video elements yes. and, you know, because especially in a digital world and where, you know, in a remote world in many instances now, most churches have the new, you know, since COVID, yeah. there's been an increase in demand for an online church. That's, yeah, That's so every an online Sunday. campus even. We have that live stream every Sunday. So I'm yeah. always back here in our broadcasting room directing live stream so yeah. that people can see that people who, you know, may not be able to make it or people who feel more comfortable at home, you know, yeah. watching now too. So. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, I would say definitely how we, how sort of we came into each other's network. Um, exactly. And then, so tell me kind of how you got started a little bit. And this is, right. a lot of this is news for me as well, which is, you know, just kind of how you got into multimedia and some of the, I know you have some education background and, and, and as a, from a teacher, both in like K through 12. It's funny and also how I got into that. Yeah. At the <laughs> University of Alabama in Birmingham. That's so, right. you know, yes. it's not just multimedia. You have, you know, sort of two worlds that have, but have also interwoven. Yeah. With, you know, I never would have seen it happening, but you know, that's, that's kind of God, you know, yeah. how things work out like that. But I guess the Genesis um, and not to take you back from birth. But, yeah. Hey, we got we got about we, we got, got about a, we got about an hour, or so about but forty five no, minutes or so. It, it kind of started with my love of acting. Honestly, really? When I was a kid, yeah, I just loved doing. I love watching movies. I love memorizing the entire movie wow. and just kind of doing it back again. And so when I graduated from high school, my goal was to move to New York and pursue a career in acting. That was my goal. My dad was kind of concerned about that as most parents, you know, of children who love the arts are. He was concerned that I wouldn't find a job. I'd yeah. be, you know, in a big city. I grew up in the South in Birmingham. It was very different in New York, you know? So my dad made a deal with me. He said, you know, hey, if you, if you major in communications, which he felt was safer, yeah. if you major in that and then minor in like theater, then I'll like, I'll fund it, I'll pay for it you know, your education. Yeah. I did, that was kind of the deal there. Yeah. So it sounded like a good deal, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Um, but I ended up getting a scholarship, so I didn't really need the funding, oh, cool. but I still kind of, I took his advice. It's, it's good advice. Yeah. It, it really is because, I mean, I, that's, I actually tell like people, and I, sometimes I'll occasionally get people come to me asking for advice and like mm -hmm. wanting to go the more multimedia or entertainment or film yeah. and TV. Yeah. And I'd say, yeah. look, if you're gonna, you know, a communications or a business degree or marketing, because those three things really, if you're making videos, whether it, or real, or trying to sell yourself or understanding a business, the entertainment business, they don't call it entertainment fun, fun house, you know, it's the entertainment exactly. business, understanding business, communication, marketing, that. that's going to help you prosper no matter what you do. Because yeah. all, all three of those things are ingrained in all things, basically. Together. So, yeah, that's great advice. So. That was, that, that was my, my dad's deceased now, but that was, that was great advice. That's what he, so I did actually, I ended up majoring in mass communications, um, specialization in broadcasting and dual degree in theater. So I double major in both of those fields. And I had most of my film experience on the mass communication side 
and then my theater experience as well with that. So that leads my parents. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Please them. Very good. Very good advice for sure. And it's paid off. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, in hindsight, at the time, the 17 year old girl, I wasn't excited about doing that because I no. had dreams of grandeur in New York City. But I stayed and went to UAB. I graduated from UAB, actually, okay. which was a great institution. It had some really good professors um, who stayed friends, who I stayed friends with even after graduation. So there you go. I did enjoy that. I enjoyed that. And that kind of paved the way for some things years later with me teaching there, too. But um Initially, after that, I worked at a theater company, Birmingham Children's Theater Company. Oh, really? Yeah, I worked there. I um, acted in some of the children's plays there. And then from there, I started my own traveling theater company. I did that for years. Oh, my gosh. In my big yellow van, driving around doing children's plays and, um, and working at schools through a nonprofit I started, too, where we would just place arts programs in at-risk schools, too. Wow. So I did that. For I ran that nonprofit for over eight years, I think, did that for eight years. And I started that with $500 in my, my pocket there you and go. just grew it for years, just meeting lots of kids, teaching them, helping them make short films, things like that. That's kind of how I got started in the education world, too. I love it. And, and we have migrated to sitting down. I, yes. I, I've, been, I've been standing all day. So, oh, well. so for, we'll, we'll do a little bit of sitting down here. But um, that's very cool. So and then I went to um, film school. Um, so I went to the Art Institute of Atlanta. Okay. Okay. So, right next you know, door. yeah, literally. So, yeah. So I, I do have some background in that, not on the giving in, but the receiving in for education and multimedia. Yeah. Um, so I can definitely, uh, that was a fun time. We says, I mean, that's a, I could do a whole episode on my time at the Art Institute. That was an interesting time. <laughs> good. But, uh, uh, met, led, met, met a lot of people. Um, in fact, Two people that's coming on the podcast eventually. Not I have them. I have them on the books. They are two of my instructors from the Art Institute of Atlanta, and Thank one I work with today. Um, one we collaborate with, and I've you know they're basically lifelong friends at this point, and yeah. they're you know more my instructors. Actually, yeah. one of my high school teachers was is also one of my lifelong friends. So I see a pattern. I just wow, connect well good. with my with my teachers. Yeah. I guess. Hey, but uh, <laughs> I understand. So, and one thing, and this is a little bit different topic but i we, uh, occasionally we'll put together these little videos for the church called dessert with the staff and there's yeah. there's one of the questions is what's something about you that nobody knows and you've all you've always <laughs> said one thing that i've always wanted to follow up with you on but again oh. never had time to talk about it is you say that you know you're you're opera singer yeah you know i think i guess that kind of worked with the whole theater background too um but yeah yeah i took that took opera lessons for years um singing in italian german french you know all the different languages and everything um i haven't done that in a year so i will not sing for you today austin (laughs) did did you have to do you have to know those languages to a degree or do you just kind of memorize the sounds to a degree i'm i'm not fluent at all but you you have to know kind of what you're singing Okay. So at least for the songs, you would kind of study, research that, learn those portions of it so that you can sing with emotion. Because that's that's a big aspect of, of singing, you know, musical theater, opera, any of it, just to kind of know what you're singing and emote that, you know, emote that, those feelings, the topic, everything with that. So that's funny you remember that. Yes. Well, so, I don't think anyone knows that about me, <laughs> I mean, outside of family and friends, but, you yeah. know, like co-workers. Yeah, because yeah. you've mentioned it a couple of times and I've always, like I said, I've always wanted to follow up on it. Yes. What um, What is it about that? Just, you know, I, I have these, what I call it, the Michael Scott from The Office explain it to me. I like love I'm, that show. Oh, so, that's one of my favorites. So, I, you know, one of the episodes, he says, explain it to me like I'm five. Yeah. So yeah. what's what's explain it to me like I'm five opera? Oh, opera. Gosh. Um a lot of breathing, a lot of using your diaphragm, a lot of vocal performances, a lot of singing in very high ranges or low ranges, too. Um, a lot, I think, is mostly conveying the emotion because when you're singing opera for the audience, most of the people there are speaking German. They don't understand German. They yeah. don't understand French. But if you can if you can display the emotion, they'll get the story. Yeah. Which they'll, is they'll you mean emotion is a universal language. Yeah. You know, that's why music is universal language, because it's emotion basically yes. is what the music does. It, it drives that emotion language. into and, and so what's what do you say? Like when when you have conversations with people about opera, like what are some of the most I, I, I call them eyebrow raisers, like the things you tell people. It's like, oh, you know, I never thought about that or oh, my gosh, you know. Um, that is just, I mean, enjoyable and fun because, you know, sadly, I don't think as many people go to it, you know, anymore. I yeah. don't think that people go to it anymore. So it's just kind of saying, hey, this is a n- nice, fun way. If you like musical theater, if you like 
musicals, you probably would enjoy a nice opera too. It's different. Um, just open yourself up to something new, a new experience. And just kind of getting people more interested. We have Opera Birmingham here, which is something I would definitely encourage people to like check out because they do some really great operas too. But I don't want it to become a dying art. You know, I want yeah. people to know that it's really great. Um, and it's just, you know, I love musical theater and I love opera. And I think that if you love music, like you're saying, and you love stories, this combines both of them, you know, and I think try it out. Yeah. I mean, I would love to, to see an opera. I've um, seen many concerts, many stage plays, and, you know, and so I would probably love, I, I would probably like it more than stage plays, honestly, really? musicals. I think yeah. I would, because it's more, I don't know, it just seems more, um, I don't know, to see, it, seems, it seems more engaging to me than, I don't know, it seems more like, because like you're talking about, it's more focused on the emotion. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I think I would, I might find it more enjoyable. I'd have to, I'll have to give it a Try shot. It, yeah. I'll have to give it a shot because I've I've never I've never seen opera. I mean, other than like on TV and yeah. you know movies yeah. and whatnot, but I've never been in person to an opera uh, show. Which yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to change that. Next, yeah, we'll have to do a follow up. Okay, I, all right. Go, I like that. Austin, when I, go, I like when it. I go to an opera. Hey, show, I might we'll join like, you. We'll tag along this. together. There. <laughs> we'll do a follow up episode. I like that. It but, sounds like uh, a good idea. Well, very cool. So, uh, have, where some places or like talk? Tell me about some of the performances you've done with opera. Oh, um, goodness, Austin, now you're going to make me rack my brain because it's been a while since I've done it. I would say the last thing that I can remember doing because I haven't done it in years was um, Christmas concert at my previous church oh, right okay. there. Um, and I just remember one of the things I remember was um, singing Emmanuel, Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And it wasn't necessarily an opera per mm. se, but it was just um, it was singing it in that style which is a oh, little bit different than, you know, typically it's song. So it was singing in that style. I think that's the, that I can remember now. I tell you, if you have kids, your memory <laughs> changes a little bit, but that's the last one I can remember doing. Well, that's, doing that. but, well, that's, that's, I mean, that's perfectly fine. So very yeah. cool. So what's, um, what would you, I guess, what would you tell somebody who, you know, they focusing on the arts more broadly, you know, especially, you know, you were kind of 17 at the time. You said I 17. Was. I was young, graduating from like, high school. Yeah. What do you tell somebody, you know, else might be listening to this, or maybe there's a parent listening to this who has a kid who's going through that same yeah. situation, like where they, oh, they want to uproot everything and move away and yes. they got these big dreams, but, yeah. you know, kind of like your dad gave you that great advice. What's right. some other advice you would give? And now that I'm a parent, that I have, parent yeah, well, two yeah. little ones. I can kind of understand that now too. And yep. I've had I've had teens come up to me who are interested in the arts and we've talked about this now. But I do think, you know, I definitely encourage parents to encourage your kids that they are gifted in dance and theater, singing. Don't discourage it because you know those are very special those are very special skills too. We need that. We can't all be doctors and lawyers and, you know, things like that, which those are great fields too. But I would think, you know, think about a way that you can do it. Like we talked about it being a business. What's a way that you can do it and make sure that you're still gainfully employed after you graduate from college too. So think about, you know, if you love music, that's great. Maybe do education and music together too, you know, mm -hmm. so that you have that, you can still teach as well as pursue it, you know. So I would just think about ways to do it but also have that balance. So it's not just uprooting and taking everything and going. Um, and if that's what you want to do, um, is, you know, try that. There are plenty of people who do that and yep. they succeed. There's you know? people that win the lottery every day. That doesn't mean you should bank your retirement <laughs> that's on a lottery good point, ticket. Good point, you know, that's good what point. I, tell, I tell, tell that to people all the time. I'll have people coming to me and say they want to, you know, I'm going to get on, go on YouTube, but I'm going to become a you know millionaire. And I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's kind of like, it's kind of <laughs> like, you know, not that it can't happen, but it's like basically buying lottery tickets as your retirement yeah. method, your retirement preparation. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it could happen. It you, could. You could hit the lotto and be more rich than somebody who's been living their whole life saving. Yeah, know? yeah. But, but the odds of it happening, and you don't want to bank on it, so it's the same kind of thing. I agree. So I tell them to do that. If you love film, which I, I still love film and everything, but communications is a good degree to have with that because you're still doing film. Yeah. You may be working for a company, and you may be doing, like I was doing, making independent films on the weekend, you know, yeah. so that you're still able to do what you love, but you can also pay your bills. You can also live things like that. So I would just say, find something to pair with it that's not completely different, but that will kind of help you get a full-time job while you pursue your dream too. Well, very good at sound. That's definitely sound advice for sure. Yeah, thanks to my dad, I'd say, you know. He's a smart man. Yeah, so I'll go back to that and all, but that's that's kind of what I did and still getting a chance to do what you love, but you know, just trying to be have, have a good balance there because no one wants to, you know, you don't want your kids out there just you know, not being able to make it, you yeah. know, essentially. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to take risks, it's important to understand 
both out both sides of it. You don't yeah. want to just take risk not understanding you know, the potential consequences. True, true. But well, very cool. So, and you mentioned your your moms. So I want to touch on that too. You got you know two two yeah, young ones. Yeah, yeah. So I what do. was that? You're the first. I think you're the first um, person who's come on who I've, I've wanted to have this conversation. I've got a friend who just a couple friends who recently had newborns. Okay. Um, but I think you're the first mom I've had on the show wow. that I, at least we that we talked about being a mom. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure. So what's that? So what's that like, especially you know with young young ones? Oh yeah, you know what the saying having a kid changes everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it really does too. So I would say you know I, I'm I'm so thankful for faith too because I can do that with two little ones, but I have two kids. I have a three. She's almost four. Um, I have a four-year-old daughter. Well, I'll just go ahead and say she's almost four now. She'll be four on Saturday. So well, happy birthday to her. Yeah, Isabella, and I have uh, an 11-month-old son. So um, having having those two kids, it changes things in terms of career a little bit more because prior to having children, um, honestly, Austin, I could edit up until 3 a.m. You know, I could get on my computer, pull up my software. If I needed to edit, edit a video, I would just keep on clicking away until 3, 4, I get it done. Yeah. <laughs> that was my life. Um, and the same thing for filming, too. If I needed to do a film shoot wherever we needed to travel, I can get up and go. Hey, if we need to be there at 6 a.m., if we need to finish at 7 p.m., I could do that. Yeah. I will say now with two little ones, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't yeah. do that as well. Yeah, for it sure. changes it a little bit. But I think God worked it out so that I'm able to still do film, to still do multimedia, but just in a different way now with kids. So they can have that balance of being mom, which is now kind of like the most important thing, right? Family, mm-hmm. being, um, you know, wife and mom, um, with still doing what I love, which is still film and media and, and really just kind of, I guess, you know, teaching or exposing stories through yeah. film. That's kind of the most important aspect of it. Yeah. So, um, but you know, it's just, just having those little ones, loving them. It's just two new people in the earth that I love so much now, you yeah. know, so I really enjoy it. Well, I enjoy having kids. I love it. And what's, do you have any funny mom, you know, silly, what's your oh top, the, the top story that, you know, mom um, with my daughter just, can't help but to laugh. Oh, with my little girl who now thinks she can mimic my son. It's so funny. And she thinks she's like mini mom for him too. I think that's the funniest thing oh. that she's like three and she says he's a baby, but she's not, <laughs> so, you know, in her world now she's somehow much older than he is and all, but she thinks she's a mini mom too now, even though she's only almost four, you know, it's so funny. It's well, so if funny. you multiply, you know, hours, you know, to her hour, his hours to her hours. That's that's quite a well, bit. Well, yeah. Of a now, if we're doing hours to hours, you're yeah, right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but it's it's awesome. It's awesome. You know, partnering with my husband to like really raise two humans. It's a big work, Austin. It's probably the biggest work. Yeah. You know, I've worked on movies. I've worked with Chris Rock. I've worked, you know, Jamie Foxx. I've done some things. But this is probably like the biggest job, you yeah. know, like. And that's what, you know, I don't have any kids myself, but that's what I always hear is everybody's like, it's just, it's the biggest job. It's yeah. The biggest job. And the it's... toughest job you'll love. Yeah. It is yes, the absolutely. You'll love. Right absolutely. There. So it changes things, but it changes it, I think, in a good way. I may not be jetting off to, you know, wherever to do this film or that. But I still get to do what I love, and I get to love these two new people too. There so, you go. Very well, I love for that. that. Yeah. So let's talk about. So you mentioned those couple. Was it Jamie Fox and Chris yeah, Rock? You said. Yeah, so yeah. tell me some of some of tell me some of that, and about like just your your run-ins with more of the film and te- like entertainment industry. Yeah. Sounds like yeah. you have quite a bit of. Um, had quite a few run-ins with that some some things you know i got to work on some projects that that are out there um just different kinds but with with chris rock it was actually a documentary called good hair that i worked on with him and all and actually got to really work with him not like you know he's over there and i'm on you know the b cam or something but just like really working up close in person with chris rock um on a documentary about african-american hair really which is kind of a whole topic on itself you know we could do a we could do a podcast on that did they film in in birmingham yeah birmingham and atlanta okay that's where it filmed how did they Um, get it how did they get or he or they his crew get in touch with you did they just commission local talent they did and i'm in i'm film directory i'm in the directory i love the film directory okay so i was contacted um working with him, but working with him was nice. I mean, you know, Chris Rock is just a funny guy, you know, he's very personable and everything. And um, got to show him some of my fun restaurants, places I like to eat and hear some of his jokes, introduce him to my family, just you you know, things like that. But it was a nice project. It was great to see it at the movie theater, you know, invite friends and family and you see your name there and everything oh, like wow. that. So, so it showed in like major, it was a major movie. It did, it wow. showed in theaters, it wow. showed in theater. So that was a fun experience. And with Jamie Foxx, it was interviewing him 
Um, he came here for like the 50th anniversary of Birmingham Civil Rights. Mm -hmm. He did like a concert here um, where he was okay. the host and just got to meet him while working on that project too. Wow. Filming that, so yeah, it's been great to film some projects. I worked with that. I worked on um, a project for a PTSD that showed worldwide. Worked on a project for that. Um, so I've I've got a chance to work on different types of films, um, and all of it's been through my own company, JD Harris Productions. It's one that I started myself, and um, still the company I work under, even as I work at Faith Community Fellowship, is my own company. Well, there you go. Too so, just different aspects, commercials, industrials. Um, independent films. I had a film that I made on bullying that was featured throughout the 50 states plus Canada. So wow. that was really nice to see it in so many schools and to have the actors kind of tell me how all these students would come up to them and recognize them from the film wow. and everything like that. And I won um, Audience Choice Award for that at the Sidewalk Film Festival. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. Side Sidewalk Film Festival is a Birmingham-based Birmingham um, film festival. Yes. The largest right. in probably Alabama. Oh, yeah. It is. Yeah. It is the, you know, it's yeah. the side. It's it's our festival for sure. Okay. The yeah. biggest one. And I've, I've actually submitted a couple little short projects out there okay, and I think it was kind of in the midst of COVID and okay. so I don't think it, yeah um, that changed things yeah but it's so a great festival it is and I want to get more I, when I was living here I uh it was actually I was I was actually going to get more involved with them right before COVID and then oh that would have been great yes <laughs> so but that didn't exactly pan out but yeah it's a very very prestigious film festival it is it um is. in the south really in the country I you agree it's one of the most prestigious in the nation I would say um, I agree, definitely. I've enjoyed it. I've had several films there, so I've definitely enjoyed being a part of that. So, so very cool. So, okay, so I didn't realize, so that's interesting. I'm, give me a second to just process this, because that's, <laughs> that's a lot to take in, trying to figure out where to go next. But, wow, so, man, so Jamie Foxx, you got Chris Rock, you've done, you've had films that have shown in, you know, not just the U.S., but Canada, Canada that's yeah. pretty wild. Yeah. So, so I guess my next question, I guess what that kind of makes me think is like, what's been your favorite project or not necessarily, or maybe not a specific project, but maybe like, what's the most, what's your favorite type of project to work on? Oh yeah, that's, wow. That's a great question, honestly. Um, you know, I think when I was younger, not to say that I'm old. <laughs> no, you're definitely not, you're definitely not old, Jamie. But I think when I was younger, I would definitely say motion pictures. You know, I love narratives. I loved your, your Hollywood blockbusters, things yep. like that, too. I still love those. But I think I would say, Austin, anything that allows me to tell a good story. I think whether that's a documentary, but I think the focus is just telling the story, helping people in some way. If that's making them laugh, great. If that's educating them about PTSD, wonderful. But I want to do something that matters, that makes sense. So I think the things that I love the most are things that matter. And that's not to say that, you know, a documentary is more important than a comedy. Sometimes people need to laugh. You know, mm -hmm. laughter is the best medicine. But I think that's what matters most is the message, something that matters and helps people. Because I feel like the tools, that's what they really are, tools to help. You know, whether you're a dancer, you're a movie maker, you're a singer, it's a tool to help people. It's a gift that God gave you to really help others. So, yeah. Absolutely. And and for me, like I always tell people, I get asked that a lot too. It's like, I love working on um, documentary, like at, more nonfiction for me personally. I, I'm not a big fan of fiction, uh, mm -hmm. really consuming it or or making it. So I just love, my world is in documentary. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I, so I can, but yes, yeah, so at the end of the day, as long as we're telling a story, yeah. you know, that's um, that's why I'm doing this podcast yeah. is because yeah. it's not just video or, 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 you know, film, what have you, or television or, you know, like the major, major motion picture industry. Yeah. Um, if I'm telling a story for a law firm, you know, and it's going to help them tell their brand story, I agree. you know, I love that. And if mm -hmm. I'm telling your story, you know, or what well, I mean, not, not me telling it, but creating a podcast that gives you the opportunity to tell your story then I'm, I'm loving that you know and it's just so you're right it's story it and is. really that goes back all the way to the caveman if you want to you know <laughs> metaphorically right. the caveman whatever that was um if you know they've been telling stories since the dawn of time yeah yeah jesus yeah. was a great storyteller you yes, know so yeah absolutely. i agree so stories agree. is that's what the whole world is built on it's foundation. you know it's emotional it's spiritual it's every you know storytelling it's just it's one of the most fundamental identifiers of humanity. I agree. I agree. So that, I think as long as it's something like that that helps 
then yeah, I'm for it. I'm for it. Well, very cool. What about yeah. like, have you done anything that's more abstract, like any kind of music videos or things? Because I, I love music videos. I haven't done a ton of them, but like in the music world, have you done anything in the... Not for, um, not for like established artists like that, you know, but I've done it where I've taken a story and just towed it through music. Yes, I've done oh. that. And I enjoyed that too. Just using music and colors and actors, but there are no, there are no words and things, yeah. just the music. So I have done that. I used to do that a lot for my, um, my previous church. I used to do that all the time, sort of, I guess, a sort of a music video, but not in the traditional sense, like okay. that sort of a... Well, and most video editors have some background. I would say, I can't, I have no true statistics, but I would say probably eight out of 10 video editors have a background in music. I did not know that. I mean, I've, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I hear it read books and just almost every video editor that I come in contact with, the ones that are really successful, really? you know, have a background in music, in music hmm. whether they played a you know in, in middle school or they have some just I even if that. it's yeah. even if it's some basic just basic background in, in music because it's a dance it's a you know it's very much rhythm you have to understand rhythm yeah. and time yeah. and every just about every video has music in yeah it. they do you know they it's do. very it hard pressed to find uh, a produced piece that does not have some form of music because it drives it it kind yeah. of helps your story so being You're right. able to understand music and how that affects people emotionally and how to pair that with how pictures and color mm -hmm. and, and lighting you know intentional lighting moves people emotionally is critical i agree you're so right and it's that. interesting because here you are with you know you have a musical background and i you know and you you do editing you do yeah, you know, yeah. All the things and produce and uh direct so it's you know it's another person that just ran true to this I statistic that. I have, I, again i don't know the statistics is anecdotal but almost every individual I encounter, encounter directly or indirectly that does, especially the editing side, the post-production side, has a background in music. It's, it's so crazy. You do too then. I, I do. Bet. I um, I play, I have, I play piano by ear. Oh, um, nice. Not super well. It's just a hobby of mine. And I played yeah. saxophone in middle school. So I, for three years, I know how to play the saxophone, I know how to read basic like treble clef and um, I remember those days in middle school too. <laughs> I yes. remember that. Yeah. So did you play? What did you play? Clarinet. Clarinet. So okay. yeah, woodwind. So I remember yep. those days. So yeah. I love the saxophone, and uh, also had a drum set growing up. Just a cheap oh, little nice. drum set. So I would, you know, pitter patter on that, and it was just oh. nothing I really cared to ever produce uh, or pursue professionally, like I have with video and multimedia. Yeah. Um, I just like to do it. It was a, it was kind of a hobby. It was a pastime. I'd love to go on YouTube and you know had a, a song that I like to listen to. I'm like, how, how do I play that? And just watch a YouTube video. And oh at one God. point, I had like 30 songs I could just sit down oh, wow. and just not the whole song and a couple full songs, but um, at least just a popular little at least a chorus or something like that. And I just love to do that. And I just would sit there for hours and hours doing that. Um, and I'll be honest, and plus I did have a spurt where I was very into Guitar Hero. <laughs> so I did. That's pretty cool. Like people knew me kind of for a while as the guitar hero guy. That was kind of before they knew me as the That's Harry Potter fun. guy, the guitar hero guy, and then the bit that later became the video guy. That is fun. So, that's cool. That's something new that I learned about you today. There you go. And that's, that's again why, you know, and that's why I don't even send out like, what are we going to talk about? Because I had yeah. no intention to go down this rabbit hole. But here we are. You know, that's a you good know? point. Good so, point. And that's, it just makes some great content, at least what I've seen in the. We're probably at this point how many I don't even know how many episodes we're in now. We've recorded fifteen, something like that. You know, nice. I mean, there's almost enough to have a year's worth of release. Oh yeah, just already just sitting in there ready for me to be edited. Nice. So it's awesome. It's been a great. I've loved doing this. But so tell me about. Let's go now. Let's talk a little bit more about the the, uh, the education side. So you said sure. you said you had the experience in educating K through twelve and yeah, you know, yeah. and UAB at the collegiate level. Yeah. So what's that like to be? Well, I guess on both. So to start with just the K through 12. and then Yeah, that's what, what I that's started with. Um, yeah. And, you know, the funny thing about Austin, I started that because I um, went to a, a city school, right? And we did not have a lot of people go through K through 12 and they're exposed to theater and exposed to film and a lot of arts programs. But most of the schools I attended didn't have that at all. So by the time you get to college, you're kind of doing a catch up, to be honest with you, because there are some kids who take film and editing, they learn out of high school, mm -hmm. you know? So it was like, what can I do to kind of help kids, you know, 
get to college and have some sort of understanding about the, the elements of filmmaking or theater or writing, creative writing? What can I do to kind of even the playing field for some kids? So that's kind of why I started the nonprofit. It was the Educational Arts Corporation. And I started that. What we would do is take artists like you, you know, me, and we would place them as resident artists in those schools. And so they would teach kids about creative writing and theater. And we produced so many short films and short plays and works of fiction through that program over the eight years. We we touched thousands of kids, you know, so um, my kids got to see, I call them my kids, but <laughs> the students um, got to see their films on the big screen. So every year we would do this big film screening at like a theater here in Birmingham, and then you would win awards just like the Oscars, like best film, best documentary. And just to see those kids, you know, from inner city schools going up there on stage and winning awards, yeah. it was priceless. It was priceless to see their films and have all their peers see it. So. Um, it's just a way to kind of even the playing field, but I had students in that program who went on to college and went to, you know, Savannah School of Art and Design and went and got their master's in arts programs and things like that. So um, that's kind of how I got started with, with education, working in the schools, was really just trying to give back and help those kids be exposed um, now and not have to wait to get to college because who's to say that they would go and do it in college, you know, at that mm -hmm. point if you're never exposed to it. Um, and then working at UAB, it came about um, just, you know, those relationships with professors. One of my professors was going on sabbatical and um, we just we had a good relationship. I loved her classes. I took like three or four classes from her. My professor, June Mack, um, she was great. She was great. But um, she needed somebody to fill in while she went on sabbatical. And she called me and asked me if I was interested. And because I had been doing it K through 12 level, I was interested. This would be the first time I'd done it at the college level too, but very similar. I mean, a lot more work, obviously, because they're in college, yeah. um, but enjoyed it, really enjoyed that too. So I was able to do that and then come and do workshops at UAB as well. So kind of had that foundation. It was my university, I graduated from there and I could go back and teach a very similar curriculum because I was a byproduct of my professor, you know, in a way. So our teaching methods were not very different, you know, we were not very different, but just, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed working with college students. I enjoy working with K through 12 students. I think it's just really great to kind of continue to give back to the, the next generation, you know, the next generation of actors and filmmakers, documentarians, things like that. But that's kind of how I got my start in school. And Along the way, I got to meet a lot of local artists who were really great too, a lot of local editors, a lot of local um, creative writers, authors, things like that, who kind of um, wanted to give back as well and were resident artists in those schools. What some of the, because uh, it's rare to come across someone, well, I guess not terribly rare, but somewhat rare to come across someone who's taught both at the grade school level, the collegiate level. What are some of the biggest, uh, I guess you say, differentiators and challenges? Because I'm sure both have their different, completely different worlds. True. So That's what are some of the like, differences in that? What was the, your experience like? So UAB, one great thing about college level is that they have so much, you know, like they have the cameras, they have, we had editing suites, you know, like we have, you know, oh, yeah. going to college, you have a whole room of computers yeah. and software and things like that. Um, you have nice cameras, you, you just have so much more. But when you think about inner city schools, kids at risk, there's nothing, Austin. <laughs> like, so, yeah. you know, we took all the grants. Goodness, I had no experience in this, but thank you, Jesus. He gave me um, the know-how to research grants and write grants and things like that. And so I got funding and I was able to purchase cameras for the kids and, you know, just simple lighting kits, things like that. Um, final cut for the schools and things like that and kind of help them. So the, the biggest difference was just lack of equipment, lack of software, college level they had those things there too so we're just trying to bring some of those those items to the school system but one thing that was similar though was love of the art form hmm. so once you expose those kids to films and you kind of said hey let's tell your story similar love similar love maybe even greater for the k-12 through because they never had the experience or exposure but you're saying hey here's a camera tell your story wow <laughs> you know they had stories to tell, yeah. you know? So I would say that maybe just a greater love on the K through 12 level, just because, you know? Wow. Um, so yeah, but similar in the aspect of kids who want to make films like that too. So great times, so great times, I'll say, just getting nostalgic thinking about it now. Yeah, I mean, thinking I, can't about imagine, it. I, can't, I can't even imagine. So many people in my life are, are teachers, 
You know, my a couple, me and several of my best friends, my fiance, oh, nice. my mom, my, oh, um, my soon-to-be mother-in-law. Oh, um, just to name a few. I mean, I'm just I, my whole life. I've just grown up surrounded by educators and yeah. teachers. So, you know, my respect for teachers and what they go through and what they have to, you know, so many hurdles you have to. It seems like, especially nowadays, it's like, you know, it's like it seems like there's a thousand hurdles you have to jump over yeah. just to do something basic that used to just be like teaching a kid or mm-hmm. being a leader for a child or a kid or a student. It's like there just seems to be so many barriers in the way before you can actually get to what I think a lot of teachers went thought they would be getting what they'd be going yeah. to school for, which is that's, which is a shame. I mean me and my mom true. have conversations about not, you know, just, just education more broadly in this country with you know, I can't speak on the world, but there's just a so I mean, even my fiance, she's a freaky teacher and, oh, and they're taking they have like standardized tests at pre-k level oh goodness you know, you know it's everything's about the test now yes, I think, and, you know you know and i'm but believe me i am no expert i don't know anything about about that but that to me that just to me it seems like we're getting to a point to where we're so numbers focused yeah as a and yeah. this is a country i mean honestly num- being so focused i mean they're important you need to you need to realize numbers but they should be your driving factor yeah, and i think true. so but we don't want to I can. <laughs> I could go, talk. Of, yeah, I you're right. On, for, on, on that for, oh no, I understand. My parents were both educated. My dad yeah. was a principal. My mom was a teacher. So I, I, I do understand. Do you but understand? So, but I see the teacher side of it. You know how frustrating it can be for you know people in my life, friends, and you know family that, and even like retired teachers. Yeah. And talking talking with them about you know different like um, in different counties in Georgia. Alabama, things like that, and just hearing it, it's not just in one spot. It's, you know, it's everywhere, everywhere has different problems and different, but it's, so it just, I can, I just applaud teachers because. Oh, yeah, I do too. They I just, do what too. they put up with just to teach, just to, you know, not to mention behavior, but so I love it. I, you know, I love what they do each and every day. You know, where would we be without the teachers? You know, I don't even want to know I, yeah, what this I country would. or what the world would be, be without be with without the teachers so that's true you're right about that i agree but uh well we're getting close to time here so um just kind of do you have any what are your some of your thoughts i guess is like well i guess let's talk about maybe where you see yourself or like you know what's next for for you oh so um definitely you know continuing to tell stories any way i can but i think um i hope the next phase of life I'll get to do more writing something that I like to do I haven't had as much time now with the little ones to do it but I hope this next phase of life will provide me with opportunities to write more because I have some stories floating around up there but I'd like to write a couple of books some I've started on and some more screenplays so I think this will be the phase of writing more so Um, definitely love directing producing editing still want to do that but I want to really focus on telling long-form story huh wow so what uh so wave a magic wand, what does that look like in 10 years? Oh, so if things go as, as desired, <laughs> if it goes as desired, I would say uh, a few books are yeah. done. Uh, there you go. Maybe a TV show in the works there. <laughs> well, I need to go ahead and get your autograph now. Oh, so that please. Way, we'll still be friends. I'll be know? able to I'll be able to sell it for, 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 for some hey, dinner. Hey, we'll still be friends. Yeah. We'll, be good to go. yeah, we'll, well be at that point, though, it'll seem like I'm using you. Oh, no. <laughs> if I no. call you 10 years, I'm like, hey, no. I, I, I'm trying to get free dinner. Can you sign oh, this Oh, my after? gosh. You're <laughs> funny. I'm, I'm sure I'll be calling you anyway. Hey, Austin, I need a DP. Hey, okay, you know. <laughs> so, hey, I'm sure I'll be calling you. Let's make this movie together, this documentary. Well, but, yeah, that would be my desire to working on books, have some books published. Well, there you go. Some screenplays completed, TV project in development. You know, there you go. There <laughs> yeah. you go. And I have I have literally a list on my phone of like documentaries that See? I would love to produce. Exactly. Some of them are zero budget. Some of them are probably you know five hundred thousand dollar budget. Yeah, you know, I understand so, that exactly what uh, you mean. You know, one. So I just get you know, any time. I just write it down. You know, yeah. they say like goals are 800% more likely to happen if you write it down mm. or something like that. Some pretty staggering statistics. So I write down if, I mean, I document everything. Oh, Austin, I need to do that. No, oh, that's yes. good advice. Everything in my life is documented. Um, like all my goals, I, you know, if I have a goal, I, I sort of reverse engineer it back to today. Like, it's like mm-hmm. everything. I Once I heard that statistic, I was like, you're, you know, things are. Eight times more likely to have come true if you just write it down. Write it down. Write a plan down versus just dreaming about it. A dream without a plan is, uh, what is it they say? A dream, a goal without a plan is just just a dream. Hmm. 
I like that. Yeah. You to kind of write down the little details and everything yeah. instead of keeping it up here in my head there. But yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. Tapping it up a little bit. Um, like that. So very cool. So as we get pr- close, to, I wanted to, before we I mean, just look at the time here, this may be a hair bit of a shorter episode just because I do have to get, <laughs> actually get to get to work. Got and, another project we've got going on here. Yes. Yeah, but uh, we're about 45 <laughs> minutes in, so um, we're just about there. But uh, so I, I always like to end the show with recommendations. And I told you I mentioned that. And these yes. can be tangible or intangible, related, unrelated, anything at all. Um, but before we get to that, I just wanted to, um, I guess, just ask you, like, kind of, to, to close, not, not just closing thoughts, but are, like, I don't know if I just want to pose the question of, like, Summing all this together, like your know, education, your experience in film and television, I would say, what would you say just just in life in general? Like, what's some advice you would give? Like, some of the things that you've seen, whether it be in your walk with Christ, it could be anything. Like, what are just some, like, big picture? I've not really asked this question, but you've just, you've done so many different things and well-rounded. Like, what's your overall one takeaway that you would give to somebody? I think, and it kind of dovetails into the, the advice, too, the thing that you recommend is really just... Centering it all on Jesus, right? I think that he gives us the gifts, the tools and everything for his glory. So I would just, I would just advise people to never um, replace the tool for the creator. Sometimes I think we think that we're made, I was born to be an actor. Well, you're born for his glory and acting is one way that you can give him glory. But I always say, don't, you know, it's just kind of falling in love with the creation instead of the creator. Mm-hmm. And all, by all means, love the creation. But don't don't forget that you're here for the creator. It's not to be this one thing, but it's just a tool to help glorify him. So um, the advice I would give to everybody is whatever whatever gifting you have, talent, just make sure you remember that it's for him. It's for him. It's to use for him, his glory. Don't ever think that it's just the reason you're here. You weren't here just to be a teacher, which is an awesome thing. But teaching is just one aspect of glorifying him. I love so, that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, again, I just I, that question's not really popped in my mind yet with anybody else. But just with everything we've talked about, you've just had such a well-rounded background, just yeah. kind of in all the different industries, <laughs> everywhere, and, you know, teaching and, you know, producing. It's just like, I don't know, it seems like with somebody with that kind of perspective, it just you'd be the person to talk to for <laughs> just what. Well, thank you. you know? That that was a hard thing, because I think so, so much with artists saved or not saved, you know, Christian or non-Christian, whatever. So so often we make it about the art form like we were here to be a dancer this is my job this is my calling i can't do anything else in life this is what i was born for it's just something i don't know what it is about us artists yeah we just we kind of do that and it's like no you're bigger than that you know it's bigger than you think so that's just one thing i would i would tell everybody to remember it's bigger than you think absolutely well and if this is your first pod time listening to the show i tell people this is not um it's not an overtly spiritual or religious podcast but many of the people this conversation comes up quite a bit um, I, this topic will come up, uh, and that's just because most of the people in my life are that, you know, Christ followers, and, yeah. you know, this is going to come up naturally, and this podcast is not to persuade, it's not to, you know, I'm not, it's it's just one of those things that uh, that's going to come up, and yeah. I'm not, I'm by no means want to hide it, nobody should hide it when they come on talk to the show, because, um, but, so if you are listening to this, this, this just stuff happens, and we're at, we're at a church right now, but because we work here, and, you know, yeah. Um, but that just, it's so, it's so beautiful and powerful that you can't contain it. Exactly. It's just going to, what you out. love comes out, right? So, you'll talk about your kids. You talk about your families, you know, what you love comes out. Absolutely. I <laughs> and I, I, I love that. And that's one, another reason why I, I do this show. It's another reason why I wake love up every day. Love so, it. Love it. So, well, very good. Thank you for that sage advice and insight. I love it. Well, so, thank you, Austin. I've enjoyed it. Absolutely. It's been so great and fun. Well, and before we, before we go, let's get to the, let's don't forget the recommendations. So I'll just say this. I always like to close the show out with these. It's just kind of a fun off the wall thing. So what have you, have you got something prepared for us? What are your. Yeah. I kind of just, um, I think, you know, with whatever, whatever you love, my advice is to remember that, you know, what you're using it for, just remember to use it to help others, you know, whatever tools, gifts you have, Remember your fellow man, honestly, you know, we're not islands. We're all here to help each other, you know? So, hey, if you can draw, help someone out with that, you know? I think just let's work together to help each other. Well, and I love that. And actually, there's a networking group I'm involved involved with and have been for some, for many years. And one of the main, the mottos is Givers Game. Oh. You know, and it's, it's, um, I mean, that organization has helped my business just 20x you know what wow. i've put in financially wow. and um but it's all about givers gain and you know i truly believe if you wake up every day not focused on 
not that you should give to gain, but if right. your mindset right. is, I'm just going to focus on other people. How can I make someone smile? How can I, yeah. you know, as much as I can afford, donate my time or some or talent, talent. or knowledge yeah. to inspire someone else, make someone smile, bring some, you know, help a nonprofit, you know, um, then you're going to, it's going to just come back. And that's just human yeah science that's just the algebra humanity human algebra is what i kind of call it it's like that's the algebra true. of life you know it's I agree. like it's like all an equation you know if yeah. you subtract from one equation you're not gonna you know this does not it doesn't equal like it has to be balanced and you can't just expect to get get yeah it's not know? just and you're not going to be happy you know just yeah. getting 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 it's not going to make you happy so you're right but well that's my re advice. my recommendation is a little more less uh uh, insightful, but uh, it's not using a microwave to reheat your pizza. Huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've done that, so <laughs> I'm not, I've done that before, so, so you don't recommend doing that. No, huh? I used to do this. I used to be a microwave, like, you know, especially a guy growing up, you, you just, you know, what what the heck is an oven? You know, what's a stove? It's a microwave, yeah. you know. But, uh, I don't know, three or four years ago, I really got more into cooking and grilling, and I don't even have a microwave anymore. I, oh, I don't even use a microwave. No. Oh my god! I put my butter on the stove. I make my popcorn on the stove. I cook. I grill. Um, oh. Roast. Yeah, I don't really do a lot of baking, but I like okay. roast vegetables. And but the thing about it is, is when you microwave a pizza, it destroys all. It like zaps away. I don't know the proper terminology, but it destroys all the moisture that's in the bread. Oh. So if you just put your pizza on a baking sheet mm -hmm. with or without parchment paper and just put it in there for three i think if they some boxes and you know different restaurants have different suggestions but typically i just do if you like it a little bit crispy 350 for 10 minutes 350 degrees fahrenheit for 10 minutes um and if not if you want it to be a little more i guess not crispy uh i usually do 340 for six to seven minutes hmm Wow. Yeah. I'm just and blown away that you don't have a microwave still. I'm <laughs> like, you're the only person I know without yeah, a microwave. I don't have a microwave. I don't, um, I don't have kids. That probably would probably be a lot harder. I bet your parents love microwaves. You know, I'm just wondering, like, how do you reheat food? Like, do you, you probably put it in the oven? Oh, the you? oven. I do yeah. the oven yeah. and the skillet. Oven Got and you. the skillet. And it, to me, no joke, every pizza tastes, sometimes I like it better reheated in the oven the next day. Wow. It's just so good. Wow. It's so good. So again, love not it. as not love as us. Uh, <laughs> oh no, but <laughs> hey, I love it because uh, I'm all about the pizza. So, so I try to, you know, I have I tell people like sometimes people come to me and it's like you know getting advice on content like specifically yeah. YouTube yeah. or really any kind of multimedia content, and I tell you want to do one of three things. This is at least what I tell them is you want to educate, you want to entertain, and you want to wow. So I try to, in this podcast, always give some kind of information that somebody could pragmatically take home and utilize. I can't use that. That was good so, advice. So, you know, that's my education moment for the day that's, you know, not going to change your life, but it'll make you, it'll make your pizza better. Yes, it will. It'll make like you that. smile. <laughs> I like that. And when you smile, the world smiles back. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so, well, very good, Jada. Well, that's great. it. That's everything I've got. And I'll, uh, yeah. Is there any uh, way, I guess, before we close, any way you want people to find you? Oh, uh, maybe um, a website, like your company website? because I'll put links to um, sure um, links to anything you want me to include in the show notes. Yeah, um, you can contact me here, like right now. Well, Jane at fcffamily.com. You can contact me. I check that one okay. because I'm always, you know, up here working. So I'll yeah, put you can that always, in there. Yeah. And, um, what about your? I guess I could put your company yes. website I'll in there. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Very cool. So if you do want to get in touch with Jana um, for any reason. You know, so that sounds like there's a you're you're pretty connected. I'm so. on LinkedIn too. Hey, go. LinkedIn. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, thank you, Jana. I will. Uh, on that note, I'm gonna get the camera unpacked here. All right. Get ready to go myself. Sounds so. good. All right. Thank you so much Thanks. for coming. I'll on. enjoyed it. <laughs>